I want to talk to you today about faith, about faith and having great faith. There's a quote that I liked on the back of your bulletin there by Johnny Erickson Tata, and she said, faith isn't the ability to believe long and far into the misty future. It's simply taking God at his word and taking the next step. And so when we talk about faith, that's just it. The future is way out there, but it takes faith for us just to make the next step sometimes in life. And so wherever you are today, it's going to require faith to get to the next. In the spirit of Mount Everest, which is what we're decorated as, an Everest uh, background here, I have always loved reading stories about these mountain climbers, um, the amazing stories, how long it takes to get there. And, of course, every story with mountain climbers, you've got to have people losing fingers or toes because of the cold weather, and some die. In fact, they say that for every six people that successfully climb Mount Everest, one dies. Can you imagine that? Um, that would just eliminate me. So I like reading about it, but I don't want to do it myself. Mount Everest is uh, the earth's highest mountain. There's some debate about maybe another mountain's taller, but it's really the highest point off the planet is, is Mount Everest at 29,029 feet. That is amazing. I think the highest I've ever been is about 8,000 feet, and that's more than three times that height. They say that the air gets so thin at 26,000 feet before you ever reach the base camp that your body starts shutting down and your body starts consuming itself in order for you to think straight and to act straight and to know straight. So that's an amazing feat to climb Mount Everest. Eric Weinmeier scaled Mount Everest in May of 2001, and he's one of many that have scaled the mountain, but he's one of only 150 people that have accomplished something known as the Seven Summits. And that what he has done is he has climbed the highest point on each of the seven continents. He has climbed that and scaled it and reached the top. But what makes uh, Eric's accomplishments even more amazing is that Eric began going blind at the age of 13. He had a disease with his retina, and so he is legally blind when he makes these climbs. That is amazing. Time Magazine had on their cover in that year of June uh, 2001 a picture of Eric climbing the mountain, and the title of the magazine cover, the title on the cover that day was called Blind Faith. And I'm not quite sure that uh, that, that would be an appropriate title. Um, Eric's faith was not blind. Eric was. He had faith that was real. He had to trust in some things. His faith was not blind. He was. He had faith. He trained thoroughly for the climb. They say that he prepared to deal with cold air conditions uh, by putting himself in, in freezers and coolers and spending enormous amounts of time in these cold air conditions. He worked out to get his body into near-perfect condition, being able to hike and travel and, and walk in certain distances per day. He mastered all the equipment that he would need to be using, and there is many equipment that you carry on yourself. And then he surrounded himself with a team that would make the journey with him. And none of those things take away this aspect of faith. In fact, probably Eric, more than any of us, exercised faith that day because even though he had all this equipment and all this training and these people around him, he had to put his faith in something else and in somebody else. And you and I are no different. We have to have faith. It did not eliminate faith from him. You and I can benefit from building our faith, too. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. One of the most amazing accounts of faith in Scripture to me has always been that of Abraham. In fact, in Sunday school this morning, there was much spoken about Abraham. But think about Abraham in the Bible. He is called by God to leave his homeland, to leave everything he knew, 
to leave what was comfortable, to leave his family, and he's called by God to leave there and go to a place that God says, I'll tell you where we're going later. And yet, he did it. That is, that is a tremendous act of faith. He followed God into the great unknown, if you will, just journeying day by day until God would lead him where they're going. And this morning, I want to direct you to three texts about Abraham's journey of faith. And we're going to look at these three, and, and we won't take long to go through them. But I want you to consider, as we think about Abraham's journey of faith, that maybe God is calling you to something, that maybe God is calling you to exercise your faith, that you might be here today but God has somewhere else, else in mind for you to be a year from now or five years from now or ten years from now. Maybe you're a certain place in your family today, and uh, maybe you're content there. But maybe God is calling you to step it up in the way of being a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad, and he's calling you to step out on faith and follow him day in and day out because he has something better for you down the line. Maybe it's what you do for the Lord. Maybe you are in a certain place today. This is what I do for God. This is how I serve God. But maybe God is calling you to leave that behind and step out on faith and go just a little bit further down the road to something else that he has in mind for you. I'm convinced of this, that God always has something greater for us than we really expect for ourselves. I think that the, the best that we could ever dream up for ourselves, God has so much more for us. And it's just a matter of our exercising our faith and putting our trust in him that's going to get us to that place. And so consider as we look at these passages the, uh, the implications for yourself. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, we're going to find that the actual account of Abraham and his call by faith. And then we'll look to Acts chapter 7, where Deacon Stephen preaches a sermon and the sermon is so upsetting to those that hear it that they stop their ears, they, cr they, they cringe, and they stone him to death ultimately as he tells the story of Abraham's faith. And then finally, we'll look in Hebrews 11 where we were in Sunday school this morning, and we'll see that Abraham's faith landed him among some of the greats of the faith, those that had exercised such great faith, and God recognized that faith of Abraham. Maybe it's time that we get up and start following God. Maybe it's time that we're challenged just a little bit um, to step out a little further in our faith for God. So let's get started in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So he's called to leave everything he knows, his country, his kindred, his father's house. And he says, To the land that I will show you. And I will bless you. Uh, and I will make a, he says, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now that 75 years old says a lot, doesn't it? Because one of the things that we need to understand is we are never too old to step out in faith and begin following God. That you may have done something the same way your entire life. And you may be sitting here thinking, man, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I've lived this way my whole life. There's no way I could ever change. I'm 60, I'm 70, and this is all I've ever known, and there's no way I can change. But if Abram could step out and follow God at 75, I think you and I could follow God at any point in our lives. And so he calls him, and at 75, he steps out and do this. Abram was called to leave the comfortable, wasn't he? And we don't really like to do that, do we? 
You ever have those days when you get up in the morning and drink your coffee and sit in your reclining chair and watch the news and it comes time for you to have to get up and leave for work and that's the last thing you want to do? We love comfort, don't we? You ever drive somewhere on a Saturday afternoon and, man, you've got the air conditioner blazing in the car, and, but you can feel the heat radiating from the windows. And when you finally get to your destination, you park, but you don't want to turn that motor off. And the last thing you want to do is get out and walk across a blacktop parking lot. Amen? I've actually, a couple weeks ago when we had that real hot spell, I actually went somewhere I was wanting to go. I got down there, I parked the truck, and I didn't turn it off, and I sat there and I turned around and went home. I decided just that's not worth it. We don't like leaving our comfort. And Abram was called to leave his country. The, the things he knew, the things that were so familiar to him. He was called to leave his family, his, his kindred, and his father's house. Now, some of you are thinking it wouldn't be that bad to get away from my kinfolk, but Abram loved his kinfolk and his father's house. He certainly loved that. And you know what? It's no different for us today. Jesus called us in the New Testament to take up our cross and follow him. He said if, if we don't deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, that we're not his disciples. In another passage, he told the rich young ruler that he needed to sell all that he had and give to the poor. Man, you don't think that's an act of faith when you've got these things and God says, get rid of it. I've got something else for you. And God calls us to leave the comfortable. In the story of the, the great wedding feast, the, the man prepared a huge banquet and he sent out invitations to everyone. And you remember the story is the, the men that came and they had excuses as to why they could not go to this banquet. One said, man, I've, I bought some oxen and I got to go try these oxen. One said, I bought some land and I've got to check it out. And the other poor guy said, I've married a wife and she won't let me go. But God called him and he calls us to leave what's comfortable behind. In Hebrews chapter 12, listen to what the writer says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and by the way, the witnesses maybe that he's speaking of are those in chapter 11 of Hebrews, which includes Abram and his story of faith. He says, since we're surrounded by these witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so we're called upon, too, to let go of some things, to take off some weight, and to follow Jesus, just like Abram was. And so the question is this, what's holding us back from following God? What is it that maybe we need to get rid of in our lives today? What is it that we're clinging to that, that just makes us comfortable, that just makes us feel good? But in our heart of hearts, we know that if we're going to go further in our walk with God, we know that he's asking us to lay that thing aside. And so we cling to it. We hold on to it. What is God calling you from this morning? Because he called Abram from his home. Maybe God is calling you from something. Maybe there's something that you're involved in or a place that you are in life, and God's saying you don't belong there. You need to move up from there. And where is he calling you to? Following by faith means leaving your comfort zone. But God had plans for Abraham, didn't he? God had plans for Abraham. In the scripture there, he, he says some things about him. He says, number one, I will make of you a great nation. And God did just that, didn't he? Abraham stepped out. He followed God by faith. And eventually, Abraham, his family grew. It expanded and the nation of Israel was born. 
And so God took him and he made a great nation of him. Then he says, I'll bless you and I'll make your name great. And God did just that with Abram. Abram, no doubt, no doubtedly had a lot in his homeland. And you would have thought when he left home, he'd be without. But it seemed like everything that Abram did, he prospered at. I mean, you find him at one point with Lot, his nephew, and they have so much cattle and so many men that supposedly they can't dwell together in the same place, that they had grown that much. God says, I'm going to make your name great. And then he said this, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who afflict you. He had a plan for Abram. And by the way, I think that that statement still exists today. I think that's one of the reasons we have to be very careful with our politics and what we think of Israel, because that's Israel God was speaking to. And he said, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. God help us if we turn our back on Israel. Even though Jesus has come for us all, and even though salvation's been opened up to all mankind, I still think God has a special place in his heart for the nation of Israel. And so he says, I'll bless those. And God has done that through the years. And then he said this, I will bless the world through you. I will bless the world through you. And that is the promise of a Savior. He said, Abram, if you'll step out on faith, if you'll leave what's comfortable to you, if you'll leave your father's house and you'll follow me, I've got plans for you. Ultimately, through you, if you'll obey me, the whole world is going to be blessed because through your genealogy, through your seed, the Savior will come into this world. And aren't you glad today that Abram followed God when God called him? If he had not called him, God would have not prospered him. If he had not called him, God would have not made a a nation from him. If he had not called him and Abraham had not followed, the Messiah would not have had the line to come to us today. What Abram did affected him, it affected his family, and it affected generations to come, even up to us today. Following God is important. And so we need to step out on faith when God calls us, trusting God. God has a plan for your life today too, doesn't he? Sometimes we get to thinking that we are just little insignificant people on this planet and what we do doesn't matter and who we are doesn't matter. But I'll tell you, God has a plan for you. And that idea is nonsense because you matter enough that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary for you. You're not insignificant. He has a plan for you. But for you to discover that plan and for me to discover that plan, it may require that we step out on faith. We may never fully understand what God has planned for us until we listen to God and hear him calling us and step out on faith and begin to follow him. Abram was called to a journey, wasn't he? To the unknown. And so taking one step of faith at a time is what he did. Didn't know where they were going. God says, I'll show you when we get there, one step at a time. Think about the details. Let's look in Acts chapter 7 now, and we read the same account. Stephen is preaching, and he tells the story of Abram. And think about some of the details here in the chronology in Stephen's account. Uh, The question maybe I'd ask is, when is the best time to begin a journey like this? When's the best time to step out on faith and begin following God? And remember, Abram didn't begin until he was 75. Abram didn't begin until he's 75. Acts chapter 7, look at verses 1 through 4. And the high priest said, are these things so? And Stephen said, brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. 
And he said to him, go out from your land and from your kindred and go to the land that I will show you. Now, there's a progression here. He's in Mesopotamia first, and God calls him when he's 75 years old to leave that land, and he moves to Haran, another place, and he stays there for about five years. And then God takes him from Haran and ultimately leads him to Canaan, to the promised land. And so there's this stall in between. So he says he's there in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. And he said to him, go out from your land and from your kindred and go to the land that I'll show you. And he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. And so we see that Stephen gives this this kind of chronology of where he went and how long he stayed there. And it relates a lot to us. When we look at Stephen's account, we see that, the God, uh, that God appeared in a mighty way to Abram. And he would have to, wouldn't he? I mean, most of us are not going to step out and do something crazy in an act of faith unless we really believe that God has spoken to us. And so God appears in a special way to Abram that day. And then he gives the directions. He says, go from this place and go to this place. And this morning, as you consider what God is calling you to do, remember, he's usually calling you from something to something else. And then we see the obedience that he had. He simply went out. He did that. But remember, he stalled for a little while. It says, after his father died, then God moved him from Haran and to the place that they were now standing. Matthew Henry said this about that stall. He said, if God loves us, and has mercy in store for us, he will not allow us to take up our rest anywhere short of Canaan, but will graciously repeat his calls till the good work begun be performed and our souls repose in God only. In the call itself, we have a precept and a promise. And what Matthew Henry was saying was that when God loves us and he has this mercy on us, he's not going to be satisfied with letting us fall short of what he expects from us. If God has called you to something great, if he's called you to live a a godly life, if he's called you to, to have a great family, if he has called you to that and you and I stop short of that, what he's teaching us is that God is going to keep calling us still. And it might be that some of us, we get content and we feel like, man, I stepped out on faith when I gave my life to Christ. Man, I, I left where I was and I followed God. But maybe today, even though we left where we were, we're not exactly where God wanted to lead us completely. We've got satisfied somewhere in between. And the message is this, is that God still has great things in store for us. It's time for us maybe to pick up and to move on and to keep following God. We're we're called to follow him and we will follow him until we reach the ultimate promised land and that is heaven. But until then, we're, we're traveling here. We're just sojourners. Now let's look over to Hebrews chapter 11, and we find the account of of Abram, and he's listed in this great hall of faith. He is commended for the faith that he has. Hebrews 11 says, By faith, Abram obeyed when he was called to go out of a place that that he was to receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. 
And so maybe the question this morning is, how did Abraham do it? How did he step out on faith? And I, I thought about that as I read that story of Eric climbing Mount Everest. And I thought, how in the world would you do that? And, and again, I've probably got three or four books that I've read about these guys climbing that. I know exactly how to climb Mount Everest. I'm still not going to do it, but I know how they did it. And maybe we need to look at Abraham that way and say, Abraham, what an amazing act of faith that you left everything that was comfortable to you, everything that you knew. You had it made, Abraham. But God called you, and you up and left by faith. How do you do something like that? Or maybe you've witnessed somebody in the Christian life, somebody in your life that God has put there, and you've seen them do tremendous things for God. Have you ever wondered, how do they do that? Maybe they've gone through a, a tragedy or a trial and they've kept their head high and they've kept their faith intact and you've sat in wonderment sometimes and thought, I don't know that I could keep my faith through difficulties like that. How do they do that? And I think Hebrews tells us exactly how he did it. Several times, in fact, he gives us the clue. If you look in that passage there, verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed. And the first thing that any of us need to do when we want to really step out and begin following God is, number one, it has to be by faith. We have to completely trust God. In fact, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so as much as I'd like to just lay out for all of us, this is what you need to do next, no doubt about it, and here's the proof and here's the evidence, there is not always evidence right in front of you that what you're doing is right. We have to have faith and trust God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed God. I like the old hymn we used to sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And so this morning, as you think about where God is calling you from and where he's calling you to, maybe God is speaking to your heart. Maybe he's challenged you for what the future holds. And you're sitting there thinking, man, I just can't see five years down the road. I mean, I know, and maybe this morning you're in a mess. And even in the mess, you say there's got to be something better, but you can't see it with your eyes. You can't envision it. You can't picture it. But you know that God is calling you to get up and start following him. It takes faith and it takes obedience. He also says that Abraham had faith in everyday life because it says, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land. Faith in everyday life. He got up and obediently went. He found himself in this place, and there he lived every day, one day at a time. And that's what it's going to require for us, is to exercise our faith in our everyday life. We worry sometimes about the biggest challenges to our faith. And I think maybe we should concentrate on the smallest of challenges to our faith. But what we tend to do with those small challenges is we tend to complain about them. You know what I'm talking about? Things like not having enough money. And we complain, I, I just don't have enough money. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how. You know what? You got enough. God's going to take care. Or maybe we complain about things like the weather. Well, have faith. God will see you through this. But we, we complain sometimes rather than just trust God day by day by day. Life is not always going to be perfect. There's going to be these little tests 
These are things that equip us and train us. These little trials that we face in life are like the training that that man who climbed out Mount Everest did before he ever climbed the large mountain. He had prepared himself with other things. And you and I will be tested. And then we have to have faith in something better. And verse 10 says this about Abram. It says, he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. So even though he had followed God from his father's homeland to another land, and he lived there day by day with Isaac and Jacob, he was still looking for something down the road. And one of the things that's going to allow us to do great things for God is having the faith that somewhere beyond this life, God has something much greater for every one of us. Having faith that there's something better to come. We may struggle here below, but I promise you it'll be worth it in the end. I read a quote. I can't remember who said it, but he said this. God never promised you that life would be easy, but he did promise you that it would be worth it. Have faith in something to come. This morning, I want to ask you, is God calling you? I mean, is he speaking to your heart? You know the specifics of that call. Is he talking to you about moving forward a little bit in your faith? Or are you just camped out, settled down, you've planted roots, and you're not about to move? You're just like, Lord, this is where I'm at, and I'll be here when you come again. And that's comfortable, isn't it? I I hate moving. I hate it. We lived in one house for 15 years. And then when we moved, I hated it and said I'd never move again. And then God moved us to Farmersville. And I've said I'll never move again, and I hope I don't, but we did move a few blocks away. I hate moving. It's more comfortable just to sit still in one place. But is God calling you to get up and start moving in your Christian walk? Maybe you're uncertain about your future. Remember, Abram wasn't certain about where he was going either. He followed to a place that he'd reveal later. Maybe God is calling you away from something bad to something good. Bad things happen, don't they? Bad things happen. And we have a tendency when they happen to just fall apart and fall into a puddle of tears and to a cloud of fears. And we just stay right there. But this morning, maybe God is saying, get up. Follow me away from that. I'm going to take you somewhere better. Or maybe this morning, God is calling you from something good to something better. And we also have a tendency, don't we, to settle down when things are good. Someone once said the enemy of, the, of greatness is just goodness. That we're content sometimes. As long as things aren't bad, we're okay. And that keeps us from really experiencing something great. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're here, maybe in your family, maybe in your marriage. Maybe, maybe you say, man, it's pretty good. I can't complain. 
But what if God's calling you to go to somewhere where it's even better? What if? Are you willing to get up and follow him? Are you willing to step out on faith? Maybe this morning you're here and you've never begun to follow God yet. You've heard all about God and you've heard about Jesus and you know the Christmas story, how he came, and you know the Easter story, how he died on the cross and he rose again. You know that he loves you and you know he wants a place in your life, but you have yet to accept Christ as your Savior. And yet this morning you hear him calling, don't you? And he's saying, get up, follow me follow me. And you say, how do I do that? You do it by faith. You put your faith in God, and one step at a time, you begin to follow him. And the very first step is for you to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I give my life to you. That's the first step. You say, what's after that? Don't worry about what's after that. As soon as you take the first step, God will tell you, get up, let's move. It's time for your next step. And he'll do that from this day forward. Most of us don't know where we're going to be a year from now, but God does. God does. The old song we sing occasionally here says, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Are you ready for an adventure? Let's stand. Dear God.